friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren Keplinger, and today with me on this episode, I have Deanne Lorenz, and I'm excited to dive in with her about her shop and her journey on Etsy and kind of her whole story. Welcome, Deanne. Good morning, Lauren, and good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me on. I am very privileged to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. So for people who are listening, can you kind of give us a little backstory about how you got started on Etsy and what you do on Etsy, what you sell, kind of just how you got into this? Sure. I've always enjoyed making crafts. Uh, My grandma taught me to crochet when I was about six or seven. My mom used to decorate cakes and I made my own birthday cake about seven or eight And just all along have enjoyed doing that type of thing, making gifts for people. And I've been doing craft shows for the last 30 years or so. And that's pretty seasonal. It, you know, runs the summer through the fall and into the holiday season. And one year I posted on my personal Facebook page that if anybody was interested in some ruffled scarves for their moms for Mother's Day to let me know that I had those available as gifts. And I had a friend suggest that I could sell on Etsy. She thought my items would sell. At that point, I had never even heard of Etsy before. And so looked at it, was very excited that that could be a potential year-round income for me. I was working full-time, so all the money I made at craft shows or different things was just kind of some fun money, extra spending money. But I was excited about being able to sell year-round. And so after the school year was over, uh, June 7th, 2013, I took the dive and started my Etsy store. And within a week, started getting sales and was very excited about that. And it's been a slow growing journey over the years, uh, which I was mostly okay with, because it was nice to grow slowly. And I was able to work out some of those kinks. And about seven years ago, decided we had enough business with my Etsy store that I was going to quit teaching full time and focus on my Etsy store full time. That's great. And I love talking with people who have been around Etsy for a long time, because I have as well. And I think it's interesting to, you know, see just the differences over time and the way that the platform has grown. Because I agree, like back in, you know, the 2000, I started in 2012, like that time frame, it really was not a household name like it is now. Like it was a totally different ballgame. For sure. Like I said, I hadn't ever even heard of it before. And so it was a great thing to to have that opportunity to sell there. Yeah. So then you decided shortly after you got started that you were going to kind of dive into this full time? 
I did. Our first grandchild was about to be born. And like I said, I was getting busier. I was working all day, coming home, working on orders, grading papers. It was just starting to take over my life. And it wasn't replacing my teaching salary at that point. But I was also hoping that if I started working full-time on my business, the more energy and effort I put into it, the more I would get back out of it. And that was definitely true. And it also provided me a more flexible schedule over the years to be able to help with grandkids or do different things that otherwise, if I was working full-time, I wouldn't have had the opportunity. Yeah. So when you filled out the form to be a guest on the podcast, one of the things that you talked about was vaguely (laughs) making a lot of mistakes over the years and then kind of learning from them and growing. Can you talk about what stands out in your mind as like sort of this was where I got started and kind of made these mistakes and then this is how I move forward from that? Sure. One of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with too is photography. Uh, Just last night, I was looking through some old photographs, trying to get a slideshow put together for a craft show that's coming up this weekend. And just looking back at some of the old photographs, literally the first photographs I started my Etsy shop with were my items laying on my carpet. (laughs) And so just looking back at some of those and and how it's evolved throughout the years and just better placement, better lighting, better backgrounds. And I could still improve on that. I think it's always something that we can learn and grow and change. The other thing that I think has been a real growing and learning struggle was pricing, especially in the very beginning. My thought process was, if I bought my supplies for $3, my Etsy fees were approximately $1.50. Anything I made over $5 was profit. And especially once my shop got busier, there came a point where I was getting burned out and maybe almost resentful because I was working so much. But yet at the end of the month, when I did my book work, the bottom line was not showing anything very great. And I got to the point where I was saying things to my husband, like I could work at a fast food restaurant and work less hours and make more money. But it was also about that time that I realized I had control over the pricing that I was setting. And it was January of 2020. And I took a deep dive into actual pricing. And and there were some product lines that I thought my item is never going to sell at this price point. And I might have to be okay with letting it go. It was not a profitable thing for me to do. I raised the prices and they sold just fine. And I was working much smarter and not harder at that point. And so back to enjoying what I did and not being as resentful for it. Yeah. Well, you know, I like working smarter, not harder. <laughs> yeah. But I think that that's a really common thing that people go through because, and I hear this all the time with students in my program, like if I raise my prices on this item, it's not going to sell anymore. Or if I get rid of 
these items that have like really bad profit margins, then I'm not going to have any sales anymore. But what the question that I always kind of throw back to people is, okay, so if you get rid of your items that have no profit margin and you don't have any sales anymore, at least you're not working for no money. <laughs> like right now, even if you're not making any money because you don't have any sales, you at least have the free time because right now you're working for no money. I don't want to be right. working for no money. <laughs> right. And if you get rid of the ones that have terrible profit margins and your sales decline, I mean, like you said, then I mean, a lot of times it ends up being sort of like a regrouping process of like, okay, these products that were selling well because they were underpriced are now gone from my shop. So I'm not going to have those sales anymore. So how do I regroup and sort of redirect to the higher profit margin items, which are not always higher priced items? I think a lot of people feel like the only way that they can have higher profit margins are to increase prices or to have higher priced items. But that's not always the case. It really just depends on what your material costs are. Right. And I think I was okay with when it was just selling on Etsy for fun money. I don't think I minded it as much, but definitely when I wanted it to be my full-time income, it definitely, and I got busier, I definitely felt that I needed to get my pricing under control at that point. Right. I agree. The same thing happened with me because it's one thing if you're making one item and you're only making, you know, $5 from it. It's another thing if you're working like day in, day out, day in, day out, making this stuff over and over again. And then, you know, at the end of the week or month or year or whatever, you have hardly any profits. Right. (laughs) It's very uh, discouraging. Yes, it is. (laughs) And I think it's also really hard when you are in that position to have the support of people around you, for me, particularly my spouse, because... It was like, I'm spending all this time, like I'm taking time away from our family. And then the bottom line just isn't really there to support that. Right, definitely. So another thing that you talked about was supply chain issues and how that has impacted you, particularly over the past, I guess we're almost at two year mark now of, you know, COVID and the overseas shipping situation and even domestically shipping situation. Can you talk to me a little bit about that and how that has changed the direction of of what you're doing or what you're thinking about? Sure. Really, the end of 2019 all the way through the beginning of 2020 was a huge change for my shop in general. In the end of uh, 2019, and that's when I was having really some pricing issues and feeling all of that. But along with that, I was getting very busy and it was Christmas. So I had to really try and figure out how do I control my sales of what I can make? My husband was helping me. And I also do long arm quilting. I had a lot of quilt orders at that time. And so I was trying to figure out, and this is a terrible thing for a business person to say in retail business at Christmas, but I was really trying to figure out how to control how many sales came in at that point. And one night when I was trying to figure it out, I realized I didn't really know a lot about Etsy ads at that point. And so I had all of my listings 
on Etsy doing the ads at that point. And I thought, well, I'll take the ads off of the items that are personalized that I needed to do. And I'd specifically focus on the items that my husband could work on and was willing to do by himself and push those. So I learned a lot about Etsy marketing and Etsy ads during that time. And then, like I said, January 2020 is when I did my repricing. Then the pandemic hit and I ran into all of the supply chain issues, which ended up being a really good thing because it forced me, I couldn't go to the store any longer to get my supplies. Business was booming. Everybody was shopping online and I had to find another way to get supplies. It really forced me to look at buying wholesale at that point versus running to the local store, which did two things. I was able to buy at a cheaper price a lower price and my profits went up even more. And I had a little bit more stability with getting it. There was still some issues getting the supplies just because of supply chain issues. But overall, it ended up really being a good thing for my business at looking at different ways I guess it changed from being more of a hobby or side business at that point to this is my full-time income and I really need to treat it like a business and to get my supplies wholesale and be the most efficient that I can be. I also got a label printer and just really kind of fine-tuned the entire process. And so within that six to nine month period, really revamped a lot in my shop. But I was so happy that I did. Things are running much smoother. I can get more done and I'm more efficient. And my profit line is good because of the different changes I made with pricing and buying wholesale and just overall been a really good thing. Yeah, it sounds like it. So that's it's kind of interesting because you had been in business for a long time at this point, but all of these changes have really happened pretty recently, like in the last, you know, 18 months or so it sounds like a lot of the movement towards being a little more streamlined and like treating it as more of a business instead of kind of a one-off making stuff here and there. Absolutely. I still have work to do. I would still like to niche down a little further. Uh, My store is still kind of a general store, lots of different product lines. I could still work on photography. I think that that's one thing to keep in mind is that your business, whether it's on Etsy, your own website, craft shows, whatever, it's always going to be a work in progress, especially if you want to keep moving forward that are there different things? Are there new techniques? How can I move forward? Are there different products? Maybe I want to switch directions just a little bit. And this product isn't selling as well anymore. But this is the new thing that could be my next bestseller. And just to always keep that in mind, always be willing to learn and grow. Yeah. What do you think made that difference sort of in your shop from, I mean, it sounds like it was kind of happening 
at the same time, like you were getting busier and then you were making these changes in response to sort of having to be able to keep up with the demand. But what do you think, since you have been open for so long and been in business for so long, what made that change to begin to see that increase in sales? Well, like I said, I and maybe it's the teacher in me, but I feel like I'm a lifelong learner. And so I'm always trying to learn different things or something new. And I don't pretend that I already know it all. And I really feel like in the process, that's when I found you. And you and I do sort of similar things. We both do personalized embroidery type items. And we both started about the same time. And I look at your sales numbers and I think, oh, wow, she has really done something with this while I was just kind of puttering along. It made me realize that it didn't need to be that way, that I could take it to the next level if I wanted to. And so that's when I found your podcast, your Facebook page. I did join your... Scale your sales. (laughs) Scale your sales. Thank you class and I did join that. And just that gave me a lot of a lot of information. Some things I knew, there were things I could tweak. And it just really all happened kind of at that same time. And I think you gave me the courage to not just look at it as, oh, how cute you have an online business on Etsy to know this is my full-time meaningful income contribution to my family and to our household. Yeah. I really love hearing that because I think that a lot of times people have a story in their head of like what they can do or even not even like putting it on them personally, but just like what is possible in the realm that they're working within. And I feel like all it takes is seeing somebody that kind of busts out of that and says, you know, no, I can do something more with this. You know, even though, like you said, the meaningful income, I feel like the meaningful income part is so important. Like that's going to look different for every single person. But I was just talking with someone last night about, she was saying that her son doesn't want to go to college and he wants to do something different. And, you know, just thinking outside the box a little bit, I guess. And I mean, I still get those like, oh, that's cute that you have this side thing that you do. But I mean, I get comments from other people about that. But I think that it's really neat, the opportunity that exists and for somebody to sort of open your eyes and say, like, it doesn't have to be this as you put it, like puttering along if you don't want it to be. Like it's also fine if that is what you want. And it sounds like, like me, we both kind of had these seasons of life where that was enough and that's all we really wanted it to be. And then when you're able and when you're ready to lean into having more than that, it's also available for you to do that as well. Right. And I would like to add, like I mentioned, I look at your sales numbers and I think, wow, I am so far behind. I didn't pick up on some of these things as quickly as Lauren did and I wasted time. But I also had something happen over the summer where I was talking to two other individuals who were complete strangers that had Etsy shops. And when I 
they were mentioning how much work it was and figuring out the SEO and different things. And I mentioned to them that it was work and I do put effort into my shop, but I had over 8,000 sales. And so I felt like I was doing something right. And both of them were just astonished. And when I looked at their shops, one of them had a little over 20 sales and the other person had two or 300. It was an eye opener for me that I really needed to not always compare myself with other people, but take a moment to be proud of where I am also, because to someone else, they're looking at my sales thinking, wow. And so just really to take the opportunity, whether it's your first sale, your 10th sale, your 100th sale, whatever, to be proud that you have gotten that far because it it does take work. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. Like, there's no such thing as like, behind anybody else. I mean, there's people that have, you know, started their Etsy shop at the same time that as me that have tens of thousands of sales more than I do. But it's just that you're on your own path. Like, and I think that that's a real benefit, honestly, of the platform. And because I have people that will come to me a lot and say, like, I feel like it's too late to get started, or I feel like I'm just so behind all these people, you know, who started so long ago are so far ahead of me. And I'm like, well, you know, you can't do anything about that. Like somebody that started 10 years ago, of course, they're going to be ahead of you. They should be ahead of you. Right. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you can't walk your own path and make that path what you want it to be. And you're not in competition with that person. There's not only one winner here. So everybody can have that meaningful job for themselves. You know, it's not either you're successful or I'm successful, but only one person can be. That's not how it works. (laughs) Right. And I think that's a good thing to keep in mind is to look at what's possible, but not necessarily to compare yourself to someone else and feel bad about that, but to know that there's a possibility there. And I mean, I've had people who have made comments to me about like, oh, you only have that many sales or you only have that much revenue or whatever. Like, who do you think you are? And I'm like, well, that's a lot. But, you know, like, I don't feel like I want more from my shop right now. Like, I feel confident saying, you know, just like you've talked about where you get to the point where you're working all the time and you resent the amount of hours. And like, I feel like my shop is a really great balance right now. And so if I wanted to continue to grow it and have more and more revenue every single year and get bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, that's just a different goal. And I'm allowed to say like, I'm happy with where it's at. And I don't want to grow it every single year because it's a really, really manageable level for me right now. And I feel good about that. And it does bring in that meaningful income. Like the goal is not always bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes. And I'm glad you said that too, because I was thinking before we did the podcast today, you know, if you ask me, like, where do you see your shop going from here or whatever? Of course, I think a lot of times people always think, I want it to grow, I want it to get bigger. But I really am content with where it's at. If it continues to slowly grow, I would be okay with that too. I've really enjoyed the kind of slow growth over the years, because it's allowed me to adjust little things over time and not have really big growing pains. But I would like to still see continued growth from my shop. But I agree, there comes a point where if you don't want it to be 
where you have dozens of employees or whatever, that's okay too. Right. Yeah. No, I think that that is a, it's like sort of what you were talking about with the comparison thing. It's like, there's so many internet marketers and entrepreneurs and stuff who are like, grow a six figure business, grow a seven figure business, like bigger, 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 more, more, more. But it's like, you know, I mean, hiring employees, I just did a podcast about hiring employees. You know, it's a whole different ball game, And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I also don't think that there's anything wrong with saying like, I don't want to manage people. And I just want to do this at the level that I can do it. And I'm good with that. You know, honestly, when I ask people like, where do you see your shop growing? I think the best answer somebody could give me would be, I'm content where I'm at. I mean, that's the goal, right? Right. <laughs> and I mean, the goal is to be happy with what you're doing and to feel like you have reached a point where you're in control enough that if you want to grow your sales, you can. If you don't want to grow your sales, they can stabilize and that you have that control over it. You're not like a victim of that success. Yes. And I think that that's one of the great things about having your own business is that control to to make it what you want it to be. Yeah. Well, Deanne, thank you so much for doing this today. And congratulations on all of the success that you have had. And I'm sure we'll continue to have and sort of just your whole outlook on it. I think it's really great. And you have a, a really good kind of long range vision for what you want to do with it without being like panicked about doing every single thing right this second, <laughs> which <Yes>. I like. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me. It was an honor. Yeah. So if people want to look you up on Etsy, where can they find you? Where's your shop? My shop is Can't Sit Still Crafts and I'm on Etsy. I have my own website, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. They're all Can't Sit Still Crafts. All right. Great. Thank you again for doing this. You're welcome. Thanks so much for tuning in. I would love to continue this conversation and connect with you over on Instagram. I am at lauren.keplinger and I am in my DMs and interacting with people all the time. So if you have questions about the episode, follow-up, thoughts, comments, whatever, shoot me a DM and I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.